That sounds more like a. I hate that word fart. You hate a lot of words. Okay, it's that time once again. Look at that. Look at this. Look at all of this. Fancy. We're in a. uh, Look, this. This different blends. Building. Blends. Blending. It's it's a stealth uh, iPad now. It's camouflage. Hey, we got somebody over here. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like Kurt. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Uncle I, Zimmy, he's here. Kurt Zimmerman. I, our, uh, Kurt Zimmerman's here. I have returned from my self-imposed exile from... Uh, not, oh, you were on, like, the, hibernation or something. Yeah, I'm I, I kind of getting into it briefly. Is that my kid went off to college, and we had a lot of, you know, life going on. And sure. I just, you know, I just needed to take a little step back. But now I'm getting ready to... Take a step forward and hopefully not step in any dog shit. Right. <laughs> so, you <laughs> happens. Know. You know, when I got a little scene here, I'm going to just put the cans down and okay. we're just going to visit. Okay. That's so uh, you you got a whole little, uh, speaking of a little scene going on, man, you got a whole little uh, situation uh, yeah, situated here. Yeah, uh, as you know, about a year, about in August, uh, take five, uh, you know, up on at the Foxmore Shopping Center. Right. Shut down. Right. They shut down due to, you know, Starbucks moving in and the rent going up and, you know, so you Mesh had the, so I didn't have a place to do any comedy for a while. Right. And so, wait. And what did you say? What happened at uh... Take Five? Take Five. Well, oh, I knew about Take Five. Well, yeah. So I, you know, after this, I said, all right, let me take a step back, get the kid off the college. Right. You know, now, where, where is she attending? By the she way, she is in Flagler College in St. Augustine, Florida. Oh, oh she's not even near you. Wow. No, she wanted she, to get as far away from you as possible. No, 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 no. <laughs> at first, but now I'm getting a lot of the calls at home. Oh, I can't wait to come home. Like, she wants to, like, it was fun. And then November called and she said, oh, I can't wait to come home for Christmas. And now it's that, you know, I mean, the reality, when they go away, remember when we went away to college, it was like, oh, yeah. yeah, we're like, and then about November, we said, you know, mom doing the laundry wasn't such a bad thing. Or, I, you know, uh, I got to admit. I didn't want to go home. Well, okay. I didn't. I mean, I was I was happy to go home, but I wasn't. It didn't bother me. I mean, yeah. I even my junior year um, through that summer, and then it would have been through my senior year. I went for the uh, the station manager position, the the right. student station manager Gene, you position. You the username, not the password. Out at uh, I'm sorry, we're not doing a yeah, show really, too loudly for you guys, are we? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, wow. but not germane to the conversation. <laughs> No, the, the, there's always, there's always the password the, is the, the, the password is gas. Uh-huh. Oh, the password is flagulence. Flagulence College down in the St. So at any rate, <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I, I wanted, I went for the, uh, the, the student GM position that over the summer out at Susquehanna guest. University, guest. which is about an hour's drive north of Harrisburg in Pennsylvania. Right. You stayed all summer. Nice. They would pay you, um, you know, a meager wage, but they would put you up in the dorm right across from the radio station. Nice. So it was literally from here to, you know, the, the street away, um, you know, so you could go out after, you know, and... But how many air shifts in the week did you have to Well, here's with? what you had to do. You had to turn the station on 
Um, at that point, I think the summers, they, they started the broadcast day at 12 o'clock. Oh, okay. So you had to get on at 12 o'clock for the Ag Watch report. <laughs> yeah. Hi, this is this is uh, Bill Humpy Parker, and we're going to talk about hog futures and and all that. How does the soybean crop look next fall? And that's what it was, you know, because it's well, it's an agricultural community out there. Right. Um, so you had to do you had to do noon to eight. I mean, it was eight hours, you, but you know what? From eight o'clock on, you get people who were either nearby alumni or volunteers locally to do it. Uh, also on the weekends. Now the the bitch of it was if somebody didn't show up, you're yeah, on the hook. Oh yeah, so yeah, no, so you were no, always no. you were always ready to go if you had to, right? Right. And then during the school year, well, then that was a different story because everybody right. wanted to be on the air. Oh you know? yes, so, WGLS. That was a very yeah, we had a very wide range of people, right? Yes. Wide All assortment of people down there at GLS. So we, you know, we I know what you mean. No, yeah, I did it. It was fun. I mean, I, uh, and I, I wanted to stay that summer between my junior and senior year, nice. which would be, which would have been the summer of '85, and I, I missed it. It, it. it literally came down to basically a coin flip between the gal who got it and myself, Ugh. and it, and it boiled down to that she that that dorm I told you that was like from here to the street away, like yeah. you know, like a hundred yards away. She lived there, and I lived, oh boy, say uh, from Route 130 at the Taco Bell into uh, into the Starbucks. I lived on the other side of campus. So, you know, well, Yolanda's right there, and you're all the way down on the avenue. So, I'm like, so what? So you're screwed. <laughs> Pretty much. That's kind of how that went, but uh, whatever. Well, speaking of college stations, my daughter, you know, she went to career counseling. They said, you should get an entertainment. And so I said... Well, maybe you ought to try out for the college radio station and take a few shifts down there and learn how to talk on the air. Hello. You know, so I don't know whether she'll listen to her old man or not. So, but we'll see what happens. And see, I always wanted to do that when I was growing up. Oh yeah. It was, and probably your same for yourself. It was still, you know, WABC and WNBC were the big mm-hmm. dogs. Okay. You know, you had WPLJ right. and one hundred two seven WNEW, which was a little bit more. Deeper track rock. Yes. PLJ back then was was called album oriented rock, which is now classic rock. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to be Jim Kerr. I wanted to be Scott Muni. Right. You know, I wanted to be Harry Harrison, Don Imus, Ron Lundy, all of them. Okay. And and I it was one of the reasons I went to Susquehanna is because they have a killer station. I mean, they still do. Right. They still do. Nice. Um, they won some. Uh, not to sound like the guy from a Christmas story, but they won some major awards just a couple of months ago at this college radio convention from all across the country. I think they had it in New York City, and they pulled like four or five awards. Nice. From this little dink college out in Sealands Grove, Pennsylvania, the radio station used to and still does rock. So if she can get doing that, you know... She, yeah, I don't know what she's up to right now. So we're going to have a nice long discussion on the 1,000-mile ride home. Ooh, <laughs> you know, we're yeah. going to go pick her up on uh, May 2nd or 3rd. We're going to drive all the way there. Well, it's yeah. too far to walk. Yeah. No, the problem is is that <laughs> we got to bring her stuff home. Oh. So we got to bring it home. Like, some stuff we can leave at my in-laws down there, but we need to bring the stuff home. She, We don't have a storage unit or nothing down there. I would love to be able to fly her home, but the thing is, the schedule, they kick her out on Friday, and the first plane out is uh, on Sunday. Oh. So, needless to say, and, and here's the kicker, St. Augustine used to have 
direct airport service from Trenton. Frontier flew in the same, but they stopped that run because uh, nobody would take it except you know, Flagler students in New Jersey. Right. So we, we're going to go down, you know, the missus and I are going to go down for a couple days, going to go play golf with the in-laws. When she's done her finals, pick her up, get, right. her, on, get her home. And that's what we're going to do. And that's where it is. So then we'll settle in for the summer and, you know, hope, you know she'll get some work going and, you know, we'll have, we'll have life. And do we have a major or are we just figuring well, that out yet? Well, she's <laughs> still figuring it out, but right now she's a philosophy and religion major. Oh, no. All right, then. Uh, no, no, no. No, wait a minute. Because she's going to be a teacher. If she, if, she, uh, if she ends up a teacher, that's that's okay with me. I, I, I'm not, I'm not I knocking. Just Listen, do a, I'm glad she's in college. That's a good I thing. I look at it this way. I'm glad that she... I, I'm janking the Chris Rock way of raising a daughter. As long as I keep her off the stripper pole, yeah. I'm happy. You're happy. She, exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? That's where I'm going with that. No stripper pole, I'm happy. You're good. You're good to go. You know, and, and she'll figure out what she wants to do. You know, I mean, I'm sorry. I don't think it's fair for these kids to walk in at 18 or 19 in the college when half the time they got their head in the rectum and, well, they, and they who's expect, rectum well their own, them. No, their own rectum their <laughs> own rectums and they're going well you have to make a choice on what major do you want do you really want to do this well what about the kid who doesn't well there you go take the liberal arts degree mm -hmm. and yeah. then you know if you find something i think college the thing that they don't tell you in the syllabus is that you discover who you are. Oh, yeah. You discover who you are. We found out who Tracy was. We found out who John was. We found out who Kurt was. And that's the thing. And that's what really college is about. The bullshit classes and stuff, you know, like taking archery, you know, for one and a half credits. Okay. That's what they make you do. But the thing is, is that the college radio station and you learn how to deal with people. And you, you and I were lucky. We got to be management. Yeah. at the college radio yeah, station. We so we had it to learn fun. people skills at the ages of 19 and 20 that we had to learn with how to deal with creative people. Well, get a load of this, that Yolanda I told you about who got the, you know, the, yeah. the, the student GM position. So she, uh, she was a year behind me. So she was going into her junior year right? as I was going into my senior year. So she gets the uh, the GM position, stays out there all summer, comes back in the fall, and about half past October, Joe, who was the faculty mm -hmm. GM, so to speak, calls me and says, so, uh, yeah, um, I want to thank you for doing all these the special projects, doing the column for the newspaper, um, you know, doing uh, the sports casting that you do, doing the morning magazine with Claudia that you do, um, and uh, and your A to Z Thursday rock and roll show from 8 to 11. I said, no problem, Joe. I said, this is what I do. This is my major. This is why, ultimately, that I'm here. Right. Well, we just got the heads up um, about Yolanda. I said, what about Yolanda? Yeah, she's going to be um, um, leaving Seals Grove, staying with the university, but doing... Uh, the next semester in England at Oxford or whatever the hell nice. college, which is great. But yeah. I'm like, Joe, he goes, I know, I know. <sighs> Should have been you. I know. <laughs> and it wasn't completely my choice. I said, enough said because there was the head of the department who, and, and one or two others in the faculty who, you know, had some sway. Right. 
So didn't I end up being the guy <laughs> I can't, I by default anyway? <laughs> I, I was a PD. I was a PD my second year. I stayed at Mercer for a third year. I went. I was just a jock for the fall of my third semester there, and they called me back and said, "Well, the guy's quitting. Can you can you fill in?" <laughs> and half the time I said, "Well, I'm going out on my internship at Nassau Broadcasting. We still want you." So I would go in, okay, and I said, "All right, I'll be the I'll be the PD." And it yeah. was pretty much, you know, they wanted somebody who knew what they were doing, and I somebody who would settle the jock issues very quickly. So jock itch. Well, not not jock <laughs> strap <laughs> issues. Itch. We know where your <laughs> mind's at, Tracy. Oh, yeah. but, uh, so this was my day on my internship, six weeks at right. PST. Yeah. So in the morning, I'd work from eight to twelve at a refrigeration Tom supplier. Turner. What's that? Tom Turner. Yes. He was one of them. Shirt and tie, always. Right. Exactly, I know that. And then I would leave the, I would leave my job, go over to Mercer, say, okay, is everything fine? You know, what do I need to deal with? Half hour there, and then I'd get up to Princeton by one thirty, two o'clock, work till eight o'clock at night, on both sides, AM and FM in the news yeah, department. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I would have to go home, and then my mother would have the list. Here's the bullshit you got to deal with, and then I would have to be on the phone with people till ten thirty, eleven wow. o'clock at night. No wonder I got a somewhat of an ulcer after six I'll weeks. be damned. Yeah. No. <laughs> was John Anastasio still with WHWH? Yes. Yes. John Anastasio. AM was, Stereo, 1350. Yes. We had WH. I worked under Dave Cush up there. Dave Cush, yeah. Very great guy. He was a... He was Cush. A, Cush. Cush. Um, it, was a nice, it was a nice bunch of people up there. I, I liked it. I liked working. The only there. guy who I didn't like... Not, I know, when were you there? Uh, summer of 86. Okay. May, April of April to May of uh, eighty six. I was there December and January eighty five, eighty six over Christmas. Okay. Yes, yes. The only guy that I didn't like was Tom Cunningham. John, that's why we're friends. <laughs> I have a, a, a TC story to tell you, and I don't care if I'll tell it on the. Do end. it, man! I got one too. We had. Tom Cunningham, like, I used to bring in the time and weather. and He, he sounded so cool on the air. Right, and he would go, thank you, Sahib. Like, he would call me that. So, okay, fine. I, I'm, I know I'm the intern. I'm taking the crap. Yep. So, one night, and everybody in the news department warned me about him. You know, watch him. I'm like, okay, whatever, you know. And Trish I was, Morello, too. She was nice. I'm sorry. Oh, Trish Morello. Oh, please. Okay. Yeah, play, um, crush, crush, crush. I'll get in line. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, one night... It was right before Hands Across America. Right. Okay, and he was the point man for the entire station. So the lady who was in charge of it for the entire state's on the phone, and he goes, is Tom Cunningham there? I said, yes, let me see if I can get him for you. So he was in the production studio between WH and WH and PSP's mm -hmm. air studio. And he's sitting there. The light over the door is off. He's listening back to what he recorded. The light is off. Okay. The on-air light. The on-air light is off. I knocked very quietly. I said, uh, Tom hates to bother you. but the, And he was, what? What do you want? And I said, oh. uh, the chairperson for um, Hands Across America for the States on the phone wishing to speak with you. And I thought you might like to take the class, take the call. Boom. And that was it. And then the whole thing is, is that he just, 
like after that point, I just like I just wanted to run the other way. Oh well, well. yeah, and most of them were great. I mean, you know, um, who was the sales guy up there? Who was the sales manager? That I don't, uh, I don't remember. Ed, something really like that. Um, there was now on WHWH. There was Ed Ronan. Was he still there? Yes, he did he was afternoons. There. Yeah. Jack Faulkner was doing mornings. Bill Bircher. Bill Bircher. I, I have a Bill Bircher story, but first the Tom Cunningham story. Okay, I got same hear this. church, different pew. So John Anastasio. So John Anastasio, who was the program director for the AM WHWH. Yeah, and you had uh, to genuflect. Yeah, well, <laughs> I didn't, you know, because okay. I was because I was bigger than him. Ah, there you go. <laughs> he, he's gonna jump up and bite me in the shin. Come on, John. <laughs> hey, you get over here. <laughs> he accused me. Uh, sidebar here. He accused me of. Uh, of ruin because we they had all these old syndicated shows like the Lone Ranger and and all this kind right. of thing that he said listen we need you to record these because we got to give them back to the place but we still want to have them I'm like really he goes well let's just go ahead and high speed record them from the reel to reel I'm like okay well I did them all put them in a stack and evidently one of them there was a there was a portion of it that they went for some reason and listened to where the tape was all kind of mangled up for you know about this long so it was. All right, Tonto, and we'll go across the mountain. And he called me on the carpet. He said, and it's all crumbled up. And I said, John, you know, Mr. Anastasio, I, uh, it wasn't crumpled up when I had it. I don't know who had it after me or what happened afterwards, but this thing was as pristine as the day it walked in here. Well, I said, stop. It was as pristine it was looking down at him. It was as pristine as the day I came, it came in here. He goes, okay. Oh, yeah. So Tom Cunningham, Anastasio, there was a commercial supposed to run in whatever break, the, you know, the 4.40 p.m. break. Right. And it was for whatever, the uh, Harry's Army Navy, okay, right. for example. And there was a new commercial supposed to be done and hadn't gotten done. And everybody's flipping out about, oh, my God, we got to get the new Harry's Army-Navy tape done or commercial done and, and dub it to the cart so it can play. And Tom, the Jack ridiculous Schuster cunning hand. Losing his mind. Jack Schuster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Weather analyst, Jack Schuster. <laughs> <laughs> Copywriter, too. So they did the thing. Anastasio hands me the cart and says, listen, he's doing a break. It's like 20 after. He's doing a break. As soon as the light goes off, please get this into the FM studio on the then 97.5 PST. Exactly. Get this into the studio so he can play it. It's due to go at the next break at 40 minutes after. I said, okay, John, I got you. And he's on the air, and he's on the air, and he's on the air, and he's on off the air. And remember, there were two doors, the outer door and the inner door. I go in there. First of all, it's like 4.30 in the afternoon. It's starting to get dark out because it's like middle of January. Right. It's pitch freaking dark in the studio. Why? Because when pay the bill. when Tom, no when oh. Tom you know the Pizza the Hut Cunningham comes in there, he 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 turns he turns all the blinds all the vertical blinds shoot they close he closes the blinds yeah. so all the sun you know is is gone because light weakens his powers. <laughs> <laughs> Screwball and all the lights and he goes in there and. Whoo, hits the lights and there's just the one you know the light on the on the arm like this right you know over over the the copy board in front of the in front of the I, I know studio the, I know board it. yep so i got this you know you know it's the all right you know talk light okay yeah so i go in there it's pitch freaking black except for this dopey light and i'm and i, I get just like you i open the outer door and do a little on the inner door 
open it gently. What do you want? I said, it's your sp... What? What do I... I said, Tom, this is the freaking Harry's Army-Navy spot supposed to run in 15 minutes. I got told to bring it into you, so guess what? There it is. Oh. Run it. And I walked out. Oh, you're so aggressive. Okay, that's... Fuck yeah. Okay, oh. so John, here's the point. I was an Jeez. intern following you. You probably ruined it for us for the next couple of years. Sorry. <laughs> But I wasn't taking it because no. I'm just like I'm really sorry. I'm like, run it, slam, and then every time I saw him afterwards, he either ignored me or was like, hey, like with a little half a lilt in his voice, and I'm like, you know, eat my shorts, mm. you fat tub of goo. So, so what are we going to learn from this? If he ever wants to come here, we're going to have a protest. We're going to have signs. No, no. Oh, we'll bring him in here and we'll just get him on the air and oh, light no. him up. Oh, please don't. Please don't. <laughs> oh, yeah. Please. please don't. But did you guys always know that you worked in the same place? No. 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 We just when found out like 10 minutes ago. Yeah, oh, is that what? Yeah. You got to understand. You got to understand. Every like, time John and I talk, we find something else about each other that we have in common. Yeah. We were in the same youth group through the Masons together when we were kids. Yep. By the way, 100th anniversary. Is that right? Right now, yep, we just have this 100th anniversary. God bless mother, God bless father, and God, God bless, bless purposes of Dima Dima Way. Way. Amen. Oh, so, yeah. but the point, I know. It, 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 we'll tell you the secrets, but we Jacques have to kill you. Yes. The last mar the, the martyr of the grave of the uh, Knights Templars. He, yeah. wouldn't, he wouldn't give his buddies up. For the king. It's like some mason shit. Yeah, yeah it's like some oh, yeah. mason shit. That's exactly it. It is. It's, it's like, you know, yeah, I don't get like the Kiwanis has the key club. I think the Masons is like a spooky ass, like cult like thing going on because. You're talking I, to one. I don't, I don't understand <laughs> it. I don't get what it means. That's my friend used to have. Mr. Spooky My to friend you. moved into a house that belonged to a Mason and he yeah. left all these books about Masons. And she was like, "Look at these books. No, you're supposed Look at to these burn beautiful them. The family's supposed to burn them upon No, they were, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what this means. And I said, "What? I, I still don't get it. I still don't get." It. And then I see them; they're all like mysterious. And I said, "Aren't they just bricklayers? I mean, I don't, no. I, I don't understand what the whole mess is." No, it's is. the Sixers bench who are the biggest bricklayers these days right now. <laughs> hey -o, hey -o. Or is it the Knicks? Uh, Knicks, Sixers bench, take your pick. Every time I hear the substitution bells are going off, I'm going, oh shit, he was uh, coming in. Go. Now. Yeah, well, oh my god, who we got now? Well, the substitution buzzer for the Knicks. Oh, that's right. They're not playing anymore. Never mind. <laughs> They're playing golf. I think there should be like a horror movie called The Masons. And it would just be about the Masons. Well, if you think about it. Because I don't know what they are, but they scare the shit out of me. No, 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 You no. can go to any lodge, and they'll tell you about yourself. I mean, you can go online, the Grand Lodge of New Jersey. You don't, they'll give you but a But they're all history. over the country. Yeah. They're everywhere. The I'm They're all over the world. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell is it? It's, a, it's an organization that makes good men better through lessons that are devolved from the Old Testament. So wait a second. It is based on a religion. Yeah. Oh, see, I didn't know that. At each meeting, we have to have an open Bible or an open oh, yeah. or an open text. It's like kind of, of like um, kind of like Alcoholics Anonymous. Kind of. Well, not really. We do. We are just a, we are just an drinking. organization that has a few secrets. But if we have brethren who are Hebrew, there is a Torah open. What? Yes. We do. We we are we are not subscription to one religion, and we are not a religion, but we are faith based. No shit. You cannot become That's a member. Literally. You cannot become a member if you are not faith based. I had no idea. I really thought and the they beer were flows pretty freely at some meetings. <laughs> yeah, I really buddy. thought and we they were bricklayers. And we eat like very really well. Did. Can't you tell? <laughs> she said, "Okay, it's time for me to get my head together." 
gotten my head together in the last couple of months, and I've started to get some gigs again. And so I was out over now getting into why I'm here. I was going to say, tell us um, about what's coming up. I would this come, is big I'm, stuff. I'm why are you here, Kurt? Yeah. <laughs> what were you I'm here to sell about? you Amway. What about you? <laughs> were you I mean, talking about me? No. Yeah, we're here to sell you Amway. Would oh, you oh, like these cleaning products? I would love them. Oh, would, would you like some cleaning products? I would, I would love to. I would love to. I would love to. No, so about a month and a half ago, I was over at a local restaurant, uh, Villa Maria, which is over at 38. Great stuff shells. Thank you. Delicious. 3800 Quaker Bridge Road over at the corner of I Young's Road and Quaker Bridge Road in the Little Strip Mall over there. Nice. And I I was coming home from work. I didn't have lunch, so I needed a little something to eat. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to pick up a slice because it's so late in the afternoon. So I pull in there and I'm talking and I said, you got a banquet room off to the side. Oh. You didn't even see the banquet room. That's so funny. It's off like, like, you know where the tables are out front? Yeah. You have to go through a door off through the side by the TV. So I've eaten in the back. I've been in the front and the back. Right. Yeah. It's a side room, right? Like if here's the main area, it's here and the big dining room's in the back. Right. So I said to the guy behind the counter, you know, going, hey, do you, how's, what's this? Can I take a look at the banquet room? He goes, sure. He goes, what are you thinking about doing? And I said, well, I know you probably got the weekends pretty much booked up with parties and stuff like that. I said, but what do you do during the week? And he goes, we really don't have a lot going on. I said, would you be interested in putting some low-cost entertainment, no cost to you? You know, boom. You know, and I, he goes, what do you mean? So I gave him the whole spiel about doing a comedy show. Right. And I said, look, you know, we could put a bucket out and everybody, you know, can, you know, pitch in, you know, you know. Pass the hat for the yeah, comics. Yeah, pass the hat. Chip you in. And, and everybody will buy the food from you, and they'll come in, and we'll have a good time. Yeah, they'll, get, they'll, they'll eat. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And the food is good there. Yeah, it is good. And, you know, so they'll get the food and the drink, and all they got to do is just open the door and turn the lights on for us. I'll bring the sound system. So... He, he bought it right away. He says, okay, what date you want to do it? Wow. wow. I, I didn't have to sell Bill it. Maria. It's like, it's like walking up to a guy and saying, hey, would you like to buy this Cadillac? And the guy goes, sure, I'll sign right here. You know, it was like, right. so wow. we, we're, we're going to do two shows the third Thursday of this month, which is tomorrow night, and the third Thursday of May. And I said to him, then why don't we do this? If they go well, then we'll pick it back up in September when everybody comes back from the shore. Right. And I said, that'll give me time to book some really good acts in here, and then we'll go from there. Now, if we kick butt the next two, you know, the two months, I might go into June. I might do July. It all depends. Because if he's seeing people coming in, and, I, and I'm saying, I know I've done venues at other, you know, shows at other venues, but, the, you know, he's working with me to promote it. Of course. And it, right now, I have 72 people interested on the Facebook event. which Wow. Is, triple of what yeah so we you know know, terrifying it's terrifying we might violate fire codes tomorrow night if but the thing is we have definitely i know a lot of people are coming and the thing is if we get you know 25 to 30 people a night in there that'll that'll make another mic uh booked mic that will get people in and i with a booked mic all i want them to do is let me know you're coming ahead of time and so if like john if you were a stand-up comic and you got a paid gig mm-hmm. that night, and you needed to back out. Just let me know. Right. Don't call me that night. So I've had at take five. I've had some real heavy hitters come in there. Coleman Green, who is a well-known headliner in the Philadelphia area, mm. he had an off night on a Friday night. And I said, Coleman, if you got nothing, come up and do a few minutes, work on new stuff, and Why I'll, not? I'll get you gas money. So I've had Coleman Green come in. 
Young man by the name of Dan Lamort. He's now a touring comic. He's out from Monroe Township, out mm -hmm. in Monmouth County. And he came in and he started with me at City Streets, did take five a couple times. Now he's a touring comedian. He's got albums out. Wow. Nice. So the thing is, is that you never know you what's going to happen. become a star. You never know who's going to walk in the door. And the thing is, but the problem is, we got so many comics and not enough stages. Right. And I just got to the point where it was like, all right, well, my phone's ringing off the hook for bookings. And, and this, you know, it's kind of like it just fell into my lap. And I, but I did ask for it, and I made the pitch. Right. And uh, Jerry Petito is talking to me about something else. So, you know, now that we're getting comedy going again, because we used to have a couple shows in the Trenton area. Right. And Mercer County area. And they, they kind of, like, comedy at this level fades in, fades out. Shows open, shows close. We were talking last week when, okay. we, were, when we were previewing. Okay. So you just stay to the next show, right? Yeah, okay. we're, we're staying forever. Yeah, that's fine. I'm going to lock the door so you can't get back. Dad's letting us alone. We get to do whatever we want. Hold on. What happened? Ruben forgot her, and she's all by herself. Who? Ruben forgot his daughter. Jesus, God, Ruben. What are we going to do? He better not forget his Uber passengers. Hi, right. Ruben Kincaid Rodriguez. Shut up, kid. Ruben's choice of color. Yeah. Oh my God. Ruben, so, what's your favorite side dish? Coleslaw? <laughs> <laughs> Thank okay. you. Sorry. Thank you, Ruben. Yeah. Thank you. Um, we got talking last week, teeing up, you know, that you're going to be here this week for you know, comedy shows. Comedy. Correct me if I'm wrong, mm. but I'm going to say probably about, give or take, about 15, 20 years ago, you couldn't swing a dead cat without a, some sort of comedy show, yes. comedy venue, comedy yes. this, that, and the other. Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden, you, they're there, but you kind of have to flip some rocks over in order to find them. Yes, comedy, comedy in the old days, it was like if you saw like on The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, it was in coffee yes, houses. I love, I love that show. Yeah. I, I have, Jamie I, loves it too. She's like, oh, you got to watch this, and I got to I, watch this. I watch it, and I, I, I see some good things, but then I see some things where it's a bit of a fairy tale well, yeah. in the business, but I say, okay, it's well, a Well, that's because nice you're in the business, and they're... Right. they're but they do some things very accurately on that right. show. So yeah. there are some accuracies, but then there, first of all, no drunk woman is ever going to walk into an open mic in, in her nightgown, drunk off of her mind, and do five minutes of a tight five minutes and bring the place to a standing ovation and get a manager in the same night. That's that's a Cinderella kind of story. <laughs> right, right. right. You know, like, I've been doing that's this like shit. Pretty woman, Julia Roberts. I've been shit. doing this shit for eight years, and nobody's asked me to rep, rep, uh, to represent me. Yeah, so yeah. you know, but that's that's just me, the comic in there. But I do like how the sis, you know, how she evolves as a comic in the show. She had that great opening set. Then she, then they show her bombing. They show her trying to break through. Uh, in the late 50s, which was a male-dominated business. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. You know, the same thing Joan Rivers had to do. Joan Rivers had to really kick some damn doors in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, same thing Absolutely. with Phyllis Diller. Phyllis Diller, yeah. A lot of those Talked pioneer women. last week. Yep, Tony yeah. Fields was oh, I forgot another. about her. Yeah, she, she was funny. They were, they were all pioneer women, and they, were, and they had one thing against them because they had the double X chromosome because it was a boys' club. Mm -hmm. You know, I was, yeah. telling, I was telling Dave Weisskopf last night, Rodney Dangerfield, when he was known as Jack Roy, was hanging out with Lenny Bruce in New York City. So it was like, it was a community that they all knew each other, competitive community. So, but as you were saying, in the 80s, 
you know, everybody wanted to do stand-up. Right. New York, every major city had at least three clubs. Philadelphia had four or five clubs when, going. When it, was, it was right after the first um, Twin Tower bombings back in 93. Mm-hmm. 93. We, uh, friends of mine, a guy who grew up up the street from me, he was, uh, he was, doing, he, he was going uh, for his medical degree. And uh, he was in New York, and he said, "Hey, listen, Mary and I were thinking about going to the improv. Why don't you, why don't you and your wife, my first wife, why don't you and Penny come in? You know, and we'll, and we'll make it an evening." And we did. You know, I'd never been to that, but all of a sudden, it was the early '90s, and all this was starting to rise yeah. again because you had little pieces of it here and there. I mean, you always had the Comedy Factory. You know, you always had uh, again um, um, the Improv was there. What's the other one? You had Catch. You had Catch Your Rising Star. Yep. yep. Catch and Caroline's. I know in New York City pretty well. In Philadelphia, there was the Comedy Cabaret. Right. And Andy Scarpati had like seven places all over the Delaware Valley. You know, he had seven locations. South Jersey. He had an, uh, one in Trenton at one point. Mm-hmm. He had the Northeast Room. He had one in Delaware. He had the whole area covered. And then he was, but you see, as time went on. Um, People, uh, particularly with the advent of the internet, and people can watch comedy right. online for right. free. Yeah, to, instead That's of going what, to a show. Right. It's like it's like that when people were watching the movies. When radio came out and people started staying home and television, people didn't go to the movies anymore. Now that we now that you can watch your 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 stand ups on Facebook and on YouTube, right. why are you going to pay twenty dollars a ticket with a two drink minimum? Right. Right. And so, but the point is, is that now we have so many people who still want to do it, but not enough working stages. Well, and I would well, think that that would work to your advantage because now there's the talent who wants to do, and there's that cadre of people who want to go see the talent. But you're right, they don't want to have to buy something, you know. $20 cover and then two drink minimum just to do it. If you're going to have it here at uh, Villa Maria's, for example, you know, and. <laughs> well, I think. And they don't I have think, to pay uh, to get in, and they can just eat if they want to. A point to note, too, is that, you know, it's true what Kirk just said, but one thing that's interesting is that you can't, you can be at home and watch it at home and eat your own meal, but I think the. The part of it is actually leaving your home right. and going somewhere. Right. You know what I mean? Actually going somewhere. And I think it's like, I want to have a good meal. I want to have a drink. But hey, there happens to be some comedy here. That's yeah. pretty good. It'll go well with my, my you know, right. my lasagna. I think when you go out and you're in an audience, it's like, I can, I can attest to this. One time you, I watched the Three Stooge film. That somebody put on a 16 millimeter projector and projected it on a sheet in his backyard with the sound system for a party. Mm-hmm. And 10 guys, now I've seen the same one, Termites of 1938, 100 times. <laughs> but when you have 12 guys sitting around with you laughing Termites. at the same thing, oh, please. the audience brings it out. I think yeah. there's that human the audience makes it funnier so you can watch it at home but if you're not in the audience no it's it's you got to have the experience it's the experiential aspect of being a part of the group and i think when you laugh at other people instead of yourself that's a whole thing too i mean i want i'll watch stuff on on, online and netflix and so on and i do i I love uh sebastian um i can't say his last name Sebastian, he's very good. <laughs> Sebastian M. Some but he's very funny, and but you know I'm laughing by myself. I mean I'm sitting right. there. Oh. 
Yeah, yeah funny. <laughs> no, I, I know what oh, you're saying. Me, it's like, so it almost makes it funnier when I'm laughing and the person next to me is laughing and the people behind me are laughing. So it almost makes the routine funnier. Oh, yeah. You mm-hmm. know? So I think that there's a lot to be said for that feeling mm-hmm. of being around other people and laughing with other people. Because comedy is so, it's so unique. Because, and I said this to people, so, you know, you know, just like people say, oh, I love George Carlin. I right. love George Carlin. I particularly am not into it. It's just not my type of humor. doesn't mean he's not funny. It's all and subjective. And I have watched him. It's all subjective. And I've laughed a couple of times. Of course. But there are people, oh, I love him. And it's, it is subjective. It is su- such a unique thing. I think it's just something so unique about making somebody laugh when somebody else might not think it's funny. But you think it's funny. Right. I think there's something very... Interesting about Plus, that. Plus, you also catch your vibe. Animals. Again, that one time I told you I did this kind of thing when I was 14 years old. I, I don't know if I no, you never told me had this story. I was I was a freshman in in in, uh, in high school, and uh, it was night uh, fall of '78, and um, at my school, you know, I, I I was the new kid from seven. I started in '76, and I was in seventh grade. And from from the moment I walked in the door. In uh, the middle of September of 76, until I started doing this, I was the new kid. So I'm on the bus. We had a scrimmage up in Livingston before the football season started. <clears throat> I'm a freshman. I'm a scrub. There was no JV. It, it was, that's all there was. So after the scrimmage, I was like the first guy on the bus because I didn't play. I didn't break a sweat. I didn't do anything. So I'm just sitting on the bus. I'm about halfway back in the bus on the driver's side, and I'm just... I'm using myself, okay? Uh, what were you doing in the back of the bus? <clears throat> not using. pleasuring. Using not pleasuring. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Amusing. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. okay. That came the next a, summer. I, I discovered yeah, yeah. that the summer of 80, but I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> um, what are you doing? Going blind. <laughs> <laughs> Shave your hand, would you? <laughs> um, so I'm doing little sound effects like, you know, like a ping pong ball. Um, like... Uh, like a chainsaw, a, 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 a chainsaw with you know, a chainsaw. okay, but it's louder. Flowers growing. The flowers growing. Um, a loaf, a piece of bread, a close-up lobster, a piece of linoleum tile, um, <laughs> and and all of a sudden, one of the guys who was a junior comes on the bus with a couple of others, and they're talking up toward the front with one of the coaches. Coach walks out, and I'm just sort of goofing around, you know, again just passing some time. Freddie Shear goes. No, well, I might have. Okay. Mm. Um, Freddie Shear again. The junior says, "Hey, yeah, do that again, would you? Do what again? That what were you just doing? Um, ping pong ball. Why? Do it again. And all of a sudden, three other heads. <laughs> yeah, do it again. I'm like, <laughs> so be funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so dance for me, monkey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, spider. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so hey, get the papers, get the papers. get the papers. Give me two times. Give me two times. Yeah, um, so, Coffee. so there I am. I'm like, okay, okay, and I'm doing the ping pong ball, and I did something else, and I did something else, and they all laughed. Coach came on the bus. Everybody came on the bus. All right, all right, settle down, and off we went. Fast forward about two months later, I'm coming out of the cafeteria. And along the along the all-purpose room cafeteria was a hallway parallel with windows and a, and the slate ledge about yay so wide that all right. the all the juniors and seniors would hang out on you know hey how you doing you know you had to walk you know 
through the gauntlet, yes. so to speak, but they wouldn't really give you the business. You just had to walk through it to get from A to B. There's Freddie. He goes, hey, John. Yeah. Hey, listen, they want to hear. They want to hear what? And, you know, okay, so all of a sudden, I start doing sound effects. I start doing impersonations of celebrities of the day. I start doing impersonations of teachers at the place. I start doing impersonations of students either there or who had just graduated. So it's fresh in everybody's mind. And all of a sudden, there I'm, I'm standing along the wall, the wall across from the windows, and they're like three and four deep, you know, watching this. Bell rings, six period, sayonara. Next day, same thing. Except now they're seven or eight deep, and don't ask me why I remember the guy's name. Ben Will there was always the kid with the with the with the camera, with the big giant lens, okay? Right. For the, the kid with the camera. Yeah, with the with the for the paper. Hello, and the, I'm going to take your picture <laughs> for the yearbook. For, exactly. And, Clark, and, Clark, do you mind if I take your picture? <laughs> Tracy, would you like to go into the dark room and look at my etchings? <laughs> <laughs> so there he was, he gets a chair out and there's everybody standing like this and there's Ben Wolanski up like so. That was another one. You know, doing that, okay? And uh, and so that was that was Wednesday. Thursday, I played in the stage band. Okay, Thursday we're at band practice. The the the. Um, what did you do at band practice? <laughs> I played my clarinet. <laughs> Not the skin flute, the clarinet. Um, ooh, ooga. Uh, <laughs> so there's always that one kid who's almost cool. Okay. But you know, as you as you get a little as you get a little older, you let him in once in a while because he's got the nice car and all this. That was Tommy Castronovo, okay? Tommy Castronovo, I forget what he played, I think percussion or some damn thing, but he was also the kid who was also, you know, he, he was hanging around the office. He was kind of, you know, cozying up to the... May I get you coffee, sir? Kind of, okay? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, so there's a, there's a break in the band. Um, Mr. Suter's working with the, uh, the flutes in this, and Tommy comes over and goes, you're going on today. I'm like, what? He goes, there's no, a... like Clint Eastwood when you said that. You're going on to get off my today. lawn. Yeah. <laughs> what what did you say your name was? Going on I didn't. Um, <laughs> so he says, you're going on today, man. I'm like, going on what? He goes, you're going up on the stage. The faculty has a meeting in the library. I'm like, how do you know these? He goes, don't worry about it. So I'm going to go into the into the development office where they where they hide the microphone. I'm going to get it and I'm going to plug it in and you're going to do. Plug like, it in, okay. plug it in. So I'm having lunch. Sure enough, I see him go scurrying out. He comes in, ding, 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 kind of like you know the 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 coyote, you know. He puts it, <laughs> he puts it up on stage, plugs it in, and all of a sudden, he he, he turns around and goes, "Okay, you're on." And all the folding chairs you hear him go because they're moving to sit and watch. I did about twenty minutes of stand up. Nice. 20 okay. minutes? You yeah. know how long 20 minutes is? Tell me about it. I did about 20 minutes. I would have been pooping my wow. pants. And I Mar- had, it's the marvelous Mr. Mazel here his first I, time oh my out. God. I had him. Le- and my whole point about this is, sorry to go long, but no, the whole point is that long. there's a vibe. Once they start laughing mm-hmm. and getting it, it's a wave. It's this little wave that's way out about a hundred yards yeah. offshore. But till it comes in, it's just woof. One night, I know exactly what you're talking. You know about. what I mean? One night at Roebling, Tim Eli put me up as a, as a headliner on a show down there. Oof. 
and it was at an American Legion Hall. The average age of the audience was 72. <laughs> <laughs> Did you make geriatric jokes? No, about that Hitler? <laughs> no, 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 but the thing is when you start, you know, you do the crowd work, and there was this one woman there. And she was drunk, and she was stepping on every comic. Oh, heckler. <laughs> yeah, she was, in, she was not heckling on purpose. She was just being obnoxious. Mm. So I got up there, I walked up, and I said, Hiya, Brenda. Can I get you something to drink, something to eat? Leave me in the middle of the fucking woods that I can do my act. <laughs> I felt that wave. I felt that wave. There it At goes. that point, I walked in there. I started screwing with some old veterans. I said... You know, what branch of the service were you in? You know, then I was messing with them. And there was these four old ladies sitting together. I said, oh, look, the Golden Girls. <laughs> you know, and I said, which one of you is Blanche? I want to go out after the show. And, they wanted, you know, and I said, you know, I wonder what... And, and I just, you thought on your feet. You, I, just, you know, but, right. that, but then I went into my act, and that's what you're supposed... But when you feel that whole audience all come together and, oh, yeah. and then they, they want to say, okay, fat boy, hit us with your next one. <laughs> exactly. You know, but they're... But they're but, there's the opposite feeling when you're not getting them. Like if this was me playing an all-girls college today, you know, <laughs> you can hear the crickets, you know. Yeah. What do you mean you're talking about buying us tampons at CVS? That's not funny. <laughs> you know? I'm offended. You it's know? a little funny. <laughs> no, you, I, do, I do a bit about having to buy feminine hygiene products. And the thing is, is that any guy who's ever had a teenage daughter... He sits and applauds this bit, but yeah. I could. I that's why. Or I'll never mind a teenager, even a wife. Oh yeah, the I mean, wife. You know, Hello. The, the, no, but the, the oh yeah. In there. You know, we've all done it. Mm -hmm. You know, and the whole thing is, is that it's like okay, you know. So, but the thing is, but that's what makes comedy funny. If you can make it relatable, you know, and you can make that connection with your audience. You could actually stink and well, still do it. Well, that's why a lot of the comics that are hugely successful, the Jerry Seinfelds of the world, Chris Rock, and you know, they always talk about relatable things, things that people go yep. through every day. And they may come up with something that you've already had in your head. Yep. You might think it's funny in your own head, but then mm -hmm. when someone actually voices that, and you know, yep. it's like your thoughts are carried over to someone else, and oh my God. And how many times have you been to a comedy show, you're like, yeah. Right. yeah! Oh my God! Yeah! And that's you know when I mean? the comics doing uh, the job right. That's exactly what it is—a relatable, a relatable experience. Well, back to George Carlin. I mean, now he, he would get political. He would not. I mean, he would early on. He was, he was different than when he was older. But you know, just things that are relatable. You know, like the one album I have—I forget which one it is. Doesn't matter. Class that I used to. Uh, might have been. AM and FM. Class AM and FM. It's another one. That's right. great. On the road. That's another one. Yeah. I um, was fired from the Frontier Hotel for seeing shit in a town where the big game is called crap. You know, I'm sure there was some text. <laughs> yeah, and that's I mean, the keyword: relatable. Right. Like you yeah. related to him. Right. Therefore, that's what it made work. you laugh. I can't relate to Richard Richard's material, but that's because that's me. Richard Do you ever notice a lot of Chinese guys named Rusty? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean. But that's what made Richard Pryor so huge, because even right. though he was going, you know, he was, his audience was the African-American audience, you still laughed at him because you related, he because he talked about human relations. Right. It wasn't right. anything like that. I think the, the one of the funniest bits he ever talked about was... Uh, have your ass home by eleven, because every father said that to the kid. You oh, know, yeah. I'm not. You know, I'm not going to repeat it because every other word you can't say. Right. But the <laughs> whole point is, is that he was relatable, and I think his masterpiece concert was not live at the Sunset Strip, but the concert film he did before, where he was talking about his pet monkeys dying. We've all lost a pet, and he's talking about this, 
and he was able to personify the neighbor's dog. And he goes, I'm not crying and my monkey died. And so my neighbor's dog, who liked to bite me, came over and he goes, what's the matter, bitch? <laughs> and he goes, my monkey's died. He goes, oh, shit, that's a shame. I was going to eat them. <laughs> you know, he goes, now don't, now don't linger on it too long. You know, I'll be chasing your ass tomorrow. But the thing is, is that the personification of the dog. Yeah. And you and can the, visualize and it. You can, of course. That's what he did. He was able yeah. to pick, paint a picture in your head. He did a bit called Wino Dealing with Dracula. And, and oh, I can't repeat it. You <laughs> have to watch it. Oh no, no, it's on. It's on the album. That N word's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's all I'm gonna say. That's all you gotta say. And it's, the la- it's the last track on the first side of the album, and it's hysterical because he does his wino bit, but he's like, "What are you looking in people's windows for? You're some kind of pervert, aren't you? You know." And it's, <laughs> but it's it's the character that he gets into that's amazing. And that's what see, and, and that's for me my first experience with stand up was Eddie Murphy. That was my very first experience. Oh. And I remember having the VCR, yep. the VHS tape, yep. and everyone saying, this is the funniest thing you'll ever see. I don't think I ever really uh, had connected with a stand-up like that at that age. Right. Yeah. I don't remember connecting okay. like that. And I remember watching that and going, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Delirious, right? Delirious, uh, yes. yes. Delirious yeah. and I raw. I mean, raw too for me. But I mean, yes. Uh, but I just connected so much with that. And to this day, I still recite stuff. I mean, yeah. this is stuff I watched when I was like 14 years old. And then my aunt Bunny fell down yeah. the step. Yeah. Help me, Lord Jesus. No, no. Hey, he's the funniest. <laughs> always funny. My shoe. <laughs> but here's the thing about Delirious. I got a really funny story. So the night it was coming out, it was a Saturday night. I'm staying home on a Saturday night to watch HBO. HBO. Yep. Eight o'clock. Now my Fall mother of '83. Yes, my mother goes. Oh, I want to see this. He's so funny when he's on SNL. I love when he does the Little Richard Simmons bit. I love when he does his his buckwheat. I want to hear. I said, "Mom, you sure?" He, you know, I've heard his first album. James Brown's Hot Dog. I said, "He might be a little rough." He goes, rough. "I'll be fine." I've had, I've had contact training. I know all the words. So the first bit is the honeymooners being gay. Yes. <laughs> oh. No, get out of here! Yes. Come down here, my And my friend. mother goes, "Oh, this is rough." And I said, "Well, Mom, I warned <laughs> I you. you." And she's like, "Oh." <laughs> and so then, as it goes on, and she gets into the family picnic bit. Mm-hmm. And then by that time, yes, your wife's a Bigfoot. <laughs> she was losing it at that point. She goes, "I wish you wouldn't swear so much." He's, he's like Bill Cosby. He can let me be funny without cursing. <laughs> Little did we know what Bill was doing. Oh, Bill! Hello, Bill. <laughs> oh yeah, it's kind of a shame. You know, I was going through some vinyl in my, you know, in the closet, and I was going, "Okay, nice." You know, Queen album. Oh, Bill Cosby. I started out as a yeah. child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw him at the Garden State Arts Center, in the Pansy Arts Center, when he was doing his uh, 49 right. bit. And uh, he was, it, it was brilliant. Wow. I mean, this would have been, Listen, what, 86? Oh, he's I mean, extremely funny. I don't, funny. I don't know how funny he is in prison. Well, you know? well I mean, when he... <laughs> I want my jello pudding. pudding. You see, with the thing on the pudding. His stand-up was funny. With me, you see. And his stand-up was funny, and that's... It was That's never going to go away. That's always there, and... and you know, it. what he did was messed up, but he was funny. He's yeah. still funny. You would look back and still laugh. Well, that I first mean, season of the Cosby Show was largely largely based, based on, on that 49 
Mr. Cosby, we told you yeah. how many times not to make shivs out of sporks. But I need this. But you know, money. I've got to get the thing so I can get out of the thing, you see. Yeah, and you know what's interesting, too, is that. I miss your Cosby. I didn't, so, Eddie Murphy for stand up, but. My mother was a huge fan of Saturday Night Live. Now, this is Gilda Radner. Yes. Right? Oh, and I brilliant. remember my mother would actually let me stay up on mm-hmm. Saturday nights to watch as a child yeah. because she loved it, and I watched it with my mom. Yeah. And Tracy, what's the first sketch you remember on Saturday Night Live? I'm a big Gilda Radner fan. I mean, a lot of stuff stuck with me. Roseanne, Rosanna, Dana. Yeah. I mean, always stay with there. me. Lisa um, Development's down there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, oh my God, love that. And you know what's so great? I watched that Gilda Radner documentary right. recently, yeah. and I didn't actually know they were when they were doing those those skits. They were together as a couple. Yes, Bill Murray and her. Were yeah, is that right? So when they were like doing like the makeup, he's licking her face, and she's they were actually together <laughs> yeah. as a couple. Yes. And I didn't, know, uh, I knew they did. I had no idea, but I didn't realize it was in that time period. No, it was so, in that time period. Yeah. So I, so now I've seen it in a whole different light. <laughs> you so, can see that chemistry. Wow. That really yeah. Did you ever see the nerd sketch where they had the nerds nativity? It was yes. The Ted Knight. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, but um, you know what it is. The very first sketch I remember you just now the very first sketch I remember and this is the strangest thing because I don't know why this is the one but I remember my mother was laughing so hard she thought she peed her pants oh and it's the one in the bathroom with Jaws Oh, uh, land shark. Yes. Yeah. And he comes out. I mean, it's such a simple, but for some reason, that's the one because my mother thought it was hilarious. Yeah, Mrs. Margosberger. Mrs. Yeah. Who is it? Candy Graham. That's not a candy gram. You're that land shark, aren't you? No, ma'am, just a dolphin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep. My my first sketch I'll never forget. I was over at my aunt and uncle's house for the weekend, and my cousin and I just came in from a haunted house. It was October of '76. We stole all the rubber rats we could pick up out of oh. the haunted oh. house. <laughs> and my aunt Don is on the front couch of her house. <coughs> my my cousin and I just start pelting her with these rubber rats. Oh no! And my aunt Don is laughing and screaming. So she goes, "Oh, shut up, and you two, and just watch this." And it was during weekend update. Chevy Chase was doing the weekend mm-hmm. update. And they had right after Chairman Mao died. Chairman Mao was buried today in a giant Chinese takeout container. <laughs> and to me, that was freaking insane. And he said, and so my aunt goes, are you going to go watch the Charlie Chan movies with your Uncle Eddie? I go, no, I think I'd rather sit here and watch this with you. <laughs> and then the bees were on that night. It was oh, yeah. Johnny's buzzing off. Yeah. No, I'm not. Then how come there's honey on your sheet? <laughs> you know who buzzed off three times and then three, hit three home runs in last year's World Series? <laughs> Reggie Jackson. Everybody, hi. There she is. Hey, hey. Oh. Alan's buzzing oh. off. I'm not. Alan's buzzing off. <laughs> <laughs> Walter Matthau was the host that night. Who was the oh my worst, god? Who was the worst host? Who do you think was the worst host? Oh, there's so many. Wow, that's a really hard. Over all the years, or just well, like no, the just old in, the, years? in the first five years. Early. Wow. Wow. You know who I thought was terrible, and I watched the rerun of it. Milton Berle, because he over, really he was terrible because he was doing like his live version of TV over mugging everything, and it was pissing them all off because they were trying to do like one of those. 
writer pieces at the end where they were trying to do a character piece. Right. And then he was mugging it. Like, you know, he was trying oh, to... Oh, I, yeah. yeah, 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 I do yeah. remember that. I do remember that. I do. And um, so, you know, at that point, it was kind of like, yeah, he wasn't right for this. It wasn't right for that era. Right. But he was, it was funny. It was funny to see. I mean, but the thing is, but Louise Lasser was terrible. Margot Kidder actually. I bailed, remember Margot Kidder. She she was a terrible hostess, but she bailed herself out because one of the greatest sketches was on that episode. Fred Garvin, male no president. president. Oh my God! Yes, that. Was. I got to work with her here to Roger you around until six o'clock. I got this one, the snake. Pardon me while I strike some seductive poses. Because <laughs> I'm really great Fred Garvin, male, male president. Oh my God. My father loved that sketch. He laughed so hard. He goes, and for weeks after that, he goes, uh, he would go to my mother, you're going to help me get out of my elaborate network, network of, of trusses. <laughs> <laughs> and my mother would go, you're sick, Harry. You're sick. <laughs> you know? remember no, I'm not sick. I'm Fred Garvin. Male, male prostitute. Dan Aykroyd doing Julia Childs. Uh, oh, oh, I've got the dick inside of my thumb. Save the livers. Save the livers. There was one. There was one from their special they did at Mardi Gras. Hit Al Hurt in the face with a brick contest. It was one. It was a one oh, shot deal. Man. They had John Belushi trying to play a trumpet and they're throwing foam bricks at his head, oh. and he's like getting knocked out by Hit Al hurt in the face with the brick but one of the greatest unscripted <laughs> moments in Saturday Night Live Buck Hendry and Jane Curtin were calling the Bacchus Parade like they were going to make fun of the floats and stuff but the Bacchus Parade got delayed so for 90 minutes they had nothing to talk about so Alan Zweibel who was writing the jokes at the table underneath right he goes he came up with this joke right as they were signing off he goes we finally means what Mardi Gras means. It means no parade. <laughs> and it was just like, holy shit. I like the Buck Henry character, Uncle Roy. <laughs> oh, Roy, you're too good. Uncle Roy, will you tell us about Danny the Donut, Noonie the Eel? <laughs> oh, come on, kids. We've got all night. <laughs> yeah, well, Buck comes Henry Rocky, like Buck? one of the head writers? He was one of the head writers, right? No, Buck Henry. Let me tell you. Uh, Buck Henry, if you don't know who he was. He was, he was the head writer on a show that was the week that was back in 64, 65. He was also the co-creator of Get Smart right? Okay. with Mel Brooks. And he was also the story editor for the first season. So, and then he wrote The Graduate. And, you know, he had a lot, he had a lot of shit. Because stuff. I think I see his face, but I, yeah. I, I, yeah. But he okay. was, he was, for the first five years, he was the, he was the host for the last show of the season because he was so good working with the cast. It was okay. like... It, it was, was brilliant. They, it was a show like, they could phone like, in. Who the hell's Buck Henry? And then they then he came on the fr that first and time. I'm like, yeah. this guy's funny, man. Yeah. He is yeah, very he, good. No, Buck Henry's amazing. He's That's right. Brilliant. He's, a, he's a comic god. I mean, the problem is, is that this is the guy who gave us the freaking graduate. Right. right. You know, I mean, he was the one who really... You know, was able, and he was doing it as a satire for the disillusionment of the youth of America. And he got criticized because he didn't put anything about the war in it. And he said, "It's not about, about the, the war. war. It's not about the war. It's about how youth of America come out of college and they're expected to conform when they really are not ready to yet." You know, and that's what he wrote it on. And you know, it was it was a lot of. He's he's an interesting read if you, or to listen to him. Like if you can listen to him on his clips from YouTube from the uh, Academy of. Uh, uh, television or something like that. They do an interview with him. Is that right? Oh, right, right, right. And he talks about how he, you know, found Don Adams for Get Smart and how they cast the show. And 
Hmm. You know, it talks about a lot of things. That was funny stuff too, man. You talk about some some brilliant comedy. Oh. I mean, I I you know when that was on, even in the early reruns, I was a kid. I mean, a kid, and uh, I still got it. Oh yeah. To you know, on the old fake hands on the fire escape trick. Yeah. Second time this week I've fallen for that one. But that's the thing. <laughs> it, Buck Henry really set the tone for the series, and yeah. he also had great writers. He had Ernie uh, Ernie Kovacs' old writer Mike Marmer do a lot of the early episodes that really set a lot of the characters. The guys who co-created the Munsters the last three seasons were one of the head writers. They did they did a lot. Of, that's when they brought Larrabee in. Who I think was a, such an underrated character, the chief's assistant. who was a yes. oh my god, yeah. I remember that right. So they they started giving Larrabee like these idiotic lines, and they said we got comedy gold here. Yeah, because he would deadpan these lines, and Ed Platt, <laughs> the chief, would go, you know. So they said, whose first name was Thaddeus? Thank you. You're the only guy who has ever gotten that you right. Know, you gotta understand. <laughs> I have all the whole show on. on ooh, who's calling? I was gonna me? say in your mind. <laughs> you know who's calling me right now? It's Katie. I can't take the call. Because if I do, it'll be kind of sick. But, oh. but <laughs> Katie, I'm on the air right now. <laughs> but um, I, I love Get Smart. I've watched every episode at least 16 times. And then so. they tried to like remake it and do a movie. And I love no, no. Steve Carell, but I did not no. like that at all. Actually, yeah. worse than that is Terrible. in the mid-90s, they brought back Don Adams and, and Barbara Feldon. And they were max at 99. But their son was Andy Dick. Oh. And he was in, and they had um, Agent 69. <laughs> oh stop yeah Leonard Stern produced this oh, and no. it was horrible oh no and the problem is first of all I can't see Andy Dick being the offspring of Don Adams no. now the guy no. if they were going to do Get Smart again the guy who I would get is the guy from Will and Grace Eric McCormick he yeah. does a dead on Don Adams yep. impression does he really he does he's done it wow and I would I would love to see him because he can do comedy I would love to see him. That's who they should have gotten for the movie. Because he would have been perfect in yeah. that part. You know, because it would have been funnier. And also, the plot for the Get The Smart, writing was not... The writing wasn't there. It wasn't tight. And because the yeah. thing is, you gotta... What you sacrifice in plot, you make up for in jokes. And people were expecting the jokes. It was way too plot-heavy. It's my daughter. Hang on a second. Sure, talk amongst yourselves. Talk amongst sure. ourselves, of course. Let's talk amongst hey, ourselves. Hey, can I call you back? I'm on the air. Yeah, I love, I love the kind. I don't like the remakes that are just half-baked half 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 like that. Like they do and just thinking that they can make a buck. That's all. They'll just throw a sequel. Exactly. Well, because the only reason I bet you, the only reason or big reason why they put Andy Dick in that, because he was he was big in uh, news radio. I was just going to say, is yep. that pre-news radio? No, or? it's pre-news radio. Oh, oh. Well, was it really? Yeah, yes, but he was... He was getting some traction being Pauly Shore's flunky in the movies and things like uh, that. He was big in the Los Angeles scene because he was in right? the Groundlings. He was in the Groundlings. Was he really? Mm -hmm. See, I only I only See, knew yeah. him from uh, from news radio and that character. In all honesty, I loved the show for obvious right. reasons, yeah. but. Um, I, and I miss Bill, uh, Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman. I love Phil Hartman. The real deal with I Bill McNeil. Yes. That um, devastated me. Yeah, that was devastated horrible. Devastated me. But I could not stand that character, Matthew, that Andy Dick played. I just, yeah. It just He's was like fingernails on a chalkboard to me. Andy Dick is a funny, you know, because I don't, I personally don't see the likability. You just said, you know, likability. I wonder who finds him likable. Because most people I know or spoken to do not Head find injury, them likable. Victims. 
<laughs> well, I think that's the idea because you have all the other people, you know, um, who were even Jimmy James, you know, uh, pick it up, or you know, was, Stephen Root was a brilliant. He, he was fantastic. They were all in their own little ways. They're Joe Rogan and all of them, Phil Hartman and even mm. Lovitz when he got there. Oh. Yeah. They were all to some degree likable. All of them. You had to have one flying the ointment. You had to have one monkey in the ring. Well, and he, and he was he it. Was Andy Dick was probably that show's Lodka Gravis. Yeah. Right. He was like, yeah. you have to have the screwball. Right. No, but like in Cheers, it was it was Cliffy the Mailman. Yeah. Right. You know. Right. No, no, no. I mean, you got your uh, flower to tangerine and tangelo and hybrid there. <laughs> what way to go, Cliffy? He was like, it's I, a gift. I remember Andy Dick. Like the movie, I see the scene, the whole scene in my head, and I don't know why I'm getting the comedies mixed up, but it's the one where he is an instructor to women. They have this party because the girl's getting married, and they invite him to show them how to pr- perform BJ's. Oh, and he's in a bikini, what? and he's like, and he's like, and he does it to Duran Duran, so hungry <coughs> like a wolf, and he starts, and he starts performing BJ's. I swear to God, and it's a real movie, but I'm like, the Yo. movie's escaping me now. Oh my God, someone has to call He does play for the other team, doesn't he? he does. Uh, yes, he does. Yeah. I mean, not, nope. There's nothing wrong with that. Just <laughs> saying, but he <laughs> does. He does, and then he plays saying. Hungry Like the Wolf. Putting that out there. And they're like, maybe it's I Love You Man. Is it I Love You Man? It might be I Love You Man. I don't know. I don't remember. Well, it was funny. Cool. BJ's it was funny. Nice. <laughs> he does love that. No, but that was funny. I'll just say the one thing I saw him do that I thought was funny. That was funny, actually. Because, you know, he was just dancing and had his banana. I don't know. Imagine uh, Mr. Magoo in that part. Oh, Magoo. Not again. Who was Jim Backus? Jim Backus. That's right. Was yeah. Mr. Magoo. Yeah, Mr. Howell. Oh, That's my right. goodness. <laughs> it's only money. <laughs> oh, 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 my God. He was, Mr. Magoo was blind. Oh, Mr. Magoo. But his, was his dog, Mabar- Mabarker, also blind? Yeah. He looked like him, but was he blind too? <laughs> yeah. I think he was. Charlie was not. Your dog, Charlie. Yeah. Charlie. Interesting to note that the Mabarker. Oriental guy was named Charlie in the 60s during the Vietnam War era. Okay? Just laying that one out there, kids. Going out to the right Rannies the frag frag of a unit, aren't you, Charlie? <laughs> Mr. Magoo and Platoon. <laughs> We're gonna lay them out. We gotta go get those goose out there. <laughs> you know, keep an eye out for anything. If you smell garlic in the air, they're nearby. That's, that's, you know, the good- I learned that one in Korea. <laughs> Put a little money in his belt and light him on fire. It's only money. She'll love you a long time. <laughs> the great thing about the internet is that you can go back and watch these things. That's what I love. Oh, like, yeah. I was watching Flint Flintstones the other day. I haven't seen Flintstones. I can't even tell you. Alan you and Reed, I, Mel we, Blanc. Yeah, I love the Flintstones. Yeah. I really did. And remember you and I, when we were working together, oh we'd always do Flintstones thing, like, yeah. always, you know, different oh, bits well, from well, Flintstones. I love the Flintstones. I'm too important well, to be captured. Look, Fred, it's Madam Yes. Dum dum. Here they come, they run with the burger on a bun and a hot meal. They go on the side. I loved it. So now you can just go. I love it. There's Bedrock. actually a YouTube channel that just has Twitch. Flintstones episodes. Is that right? It's fantastic. And I just saw, I feel like, watching. I used to watch them every yeah. day, Channel 5. Yeah. yeah. Remember? They used yeah, to have them. Every afternoon, I think it was like four or five o'clock. There was one time. I like the was, episode when they had the stones meet the stones. Like yes. Jagger and yes. Keith Richards yeah. came back to Bedrock. Uh-huh
Who's the guy in the short skirt over there? <laughs> you know, you know, I'm so tall and Barney's so short, I'm nuts over him. <laughs> oh my god. I'm awful. Oh, you know, I'd like to give that bird Wilma a little, you know, hard, hard one. What do you think, Keith? <laughs> Quit drinking him. all the jungle juice, Keith. The zoo. The zoo. I love gazoo. Oh, dum-dum. <laughs> What's that, dum-dum? You want to make your penis 12 inches long to satisfy your wife? I can do that, but I take away some of the girth. <laughs> do you want to go from a chode to a real pencil fin? <laughs> Things we never knew about the Great Kazoo. Yeah. I can do that, dum-dum, but you might not be happy with that. <laughs> Hey Fred. Uh, <laughs> hey Fred, you look like something coming out of the Fun Factory. <laughs> Play no Fun Factory. The guy I work with, he sounds like Uncle Giggles when he laughs. Patrick. Oh yes, he does. He does. Oh he does. Hello. What's so funny? Like now, it's like you watch all these things. And it's like a lot of it wouldn't fly now because everything was politically incorrect. Oh, you know oh, what I mean? Please. So things that we thought were so funny, and, and now it's considered offensive. No bullshit. You know, it's goggles paisano. It's like he's driving home on the freeway. Exactly. <laughs> but you know they do that now. They do that a lot now. Like they're looking back at like old cartoons from the fifties and sixties, old movies, and they're like. Well, how did this happen? This because it was how did this get through? Ago? This is offensive. This is highly, highly offensive to of my person. Of course it was. This is what I don't understand: no. is how people look back at stuff and talk about how offensive it was. You know, forty years ago. Well, yeah. I mean, because it was forty years ago. I just now, I don't get that whole you, thing. I don't people know if you remember these days. Yeah. I don't know if you, you, if you two remember this, uh, but they, starting in the seventies, they would edit the Bugs Bunny cartoons. Uh, yeah. Okay. When he was just the, like a girl. Well, no, oh. no. There was one. They'll allow transvestitism, but they can't talk about racism. Exactly, because okay, you, you figure these were made in the forties. Right. I'm not saying it's right. Not saying it's wrong. It no. just was what it was. Right. And in context, it all works. Okay. There was um, the one where Bugs Bunny was um, it had a civil war. Southern undercurrent, fried okay. Yeah. Southern fried rabbit, yeah. and you'll see. What's all this talk about? Foghorn Lakehorn. <laughs> exactly. Remember Foghorn Lakehorn? Oh yeah. yeah. Well, and the uh, thing of it was, um, Yosemite Sam. He was from the South, so and they caught Bugs Bunny at the end of the thing, and he was in front of a firing squad, okay. Yeah. And uh, all right, you got any last requests? Well, let me see there. I wish. I wish, I wish I was in the land of cotton. And then all of a sudden, oh, yes! all, all these guys in blackface came out and did a little show, like a little, oh little 15 God, second minstrel. Right. We're all times there, we're not forgotten, look away. And, and it was all blackface guys, like on a minstrel show. Well, as of that. about 1974 or 5, it, it got to, I wish, I wish, oh, and then gone. Yep. Gone. <laughs> Well, it's, like that, it's like they, they took all the racial humor out of the Little Rascal Our Gang comedy. Yes! Oh, yeah. You know, like the one with the haunted house. You want to go into the haunted house? I mean, no, I'll give you, you know, a piece yeah. of watermelon for yeah. you. Okay, <laughs> you know, they took that out. Well, I right. I don't but understand again, that. it's like, in I, context. Well, it's not only in context, but it was so long ago. I think it's important to leave things intact. And I think so we can remember what it was like before. I think that's right. the whole point. Like, I just don't think people get it. It's like, now, if we came out with it now today, 
Of course I get it. Like, it's today. But you need to keep things the way they were to remind us of where we've come from we and how far we've gone. But the other That's thing about it, right? like, like, well, like, like all in the family, like Blazing Saddles, like the Little Rascals, our gang comedies, yes. when you look at stuff like that and, and you... you you, you immerse yourself, our gang comedies, in what, the 30s? You immerse yourself, not that I can literally, my father could, but immerse myself as if I'm in the 30s. If it's 1974 and it's Blazing Saddles, or if it's 1971 or 2 or 3 or whatever, and it's all in the family. Again, for what it is and what it was doing at that time, it's brilliance. At that time. It's perfect. Don't mess with it. Now... You, you have to know that it was the 30s, it was the 60s, it was the 70s, and that's that. You couldn't do it today because people are too thin-skinned and they, we can't allow this. Well, no, you won't allow this. There's a difference. But, and I understand there's also, also an element of, you know what, that probably wasn't the smartest thing to do. Sure. Okay? You live, you learn, you move along. But that to me is, out of 100%, that might be about 10% of it. The other yep. 90% is, like you say, leave it alone, know it, realize it. Right. Don't get learn yourself... From it. Learn from it. And, about and, it. and don't get yourself all on the lather sure. about it. Hey, Dad, don't get yourself in a did it. Don't. Yeah, no. What for? It is what it is, and enjoy it, because if nothing else... It's history. It's, yep. it's that'll never be made good. again. Well, and I mean, this is the thing. They come out with movies about slavery, uh, Twelve Years a Slave, which was an Excellent absolutely movie. amazing Fantastic film. Fantastic film. But it, it is a part of history. It's a horrible, ugly part of history. But it is in fact history. And, and I'm think, sure you got the people. Why must we attract, attract attention yeah. to these these these, these atrocities? And I think oh. it's it's part of the learning and educating. Not only ourselves, but educating our children and our children's children by saying right. this did happen. Yeah. This did exist. People did talk like this. People did look like this. This happened. Yeah. When you try to erase it, what's the lesson being learned? Well, I don't get that. I mean, if, I, if I've done stuff like this once with my son, who's, who's a moment away from being 22, I've done it 16,000 times. You know, here's the, here's the show, or here's the movie about, uh, here's uh, seven years of slave, 12 years of slave, rather. Hey, Jack, son, come here. You see this? Yeah. You see what they're doing? Uh-huh. Don't do that. Yep. There you go. It's, it's oh, a, it's okay. A yeah. No, no, Dad, I wouldn't ever. Exactly. I mean, that, that's ridiculous. But you erase just, it? What no, no, no. You don't erase it. You erase it, then it goes away permanently. Right. And yeah. then, then you've got right. no baseline right. off of to which to operate. Correct. Exactly. Correct. And I don't understand why people don't see that. I just oh, don't because it's very it. offensive and it's offending uh, my person well, and I yeah. have to find well, a safe space. You know what? Guess what? <laughs> right here. <laughs> it's like people like it were is. offended by anything on television or radio. People were offended by Howard Stern, whoever. It, then don't they, listen. Then don't, don't watch. watch. Yeah, don't listen. Turn away. Go the other way. There are many ways to avoid things. If I don't want to see something, I turn it off. Turn you want to know something? I loved horror movies. Love, 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 love. Watch them all the time. Of Recently, course. for some reason... I think because maybe I'm alone in my house. I don't know what it is, but they disturb me a little bit. And now I kind of just say, you know what? I'm just going to avoid them. Right. I'm just not going to watch them anymore. That's that's the choice I made. There it that's is. what I did. You can't do that. Other people can't say, you know what? It's not for me. I'm moving on. Why do you get to get on a pedestal and talk about this bothers me? Who gives? I don't care what bothers you. Ready? It doesn't affect me. Here. For, no. the, for now the 2,000th time, we've become... A, a, a conglomeration of I, me, my, mm. mm-hmm. in whatever way, shape, manner, or form. Right. And bringing it all kind of back to dough where comedy 
is concerned. You know, everybody. Maria tomorrow. By the way, oh yeah, yeah we're getting that. We'll get back. Well, to we're comedy's concerned. Yeah, we everybody now <laughs> has to think that they've got to walk on eggshells and be very, very cognizant of oh, I can't offend. Oh, there's, there might be somebody out there who I might offend. No, you know what? Just let her rip. Are Taco we going to offend people at Villa Maria? Uh, you know, uh, then they can then uh. they can finish their food and leave. Tell us again. Give us the whole okay, deal. Here's what's going to happen. Address, time, phone. I want everything. Yeah, because I, I got to get rolling myself. I okay, go ahead. There's a comedy night at Villa Maria Restaurant and Pizzeria over at 3800 Quaker Bridge Road. Tomorrow night, 730 is the comedy show featuring former train wreck operators Lynn Edmonds, Ooh, Tim, Edmund, Tim Eli, and myself, Randy Simon Lupo. Nice. We have other special guests. In fact, maybe we might have a special one here. You're going to oh. yeah, yes. I'm gonna do it. Tracy's going to go up tomorrow night. Well, you, once you said Lynn, then I felt better because I think yeah, I yeah, let's no, Lynn, support Lynn will me. make you go on stage. I know. That's what I <laughs> she will. She will just you know kick you in the shin until like you go it. on there. I like it. Uh, we also have Ed McCarty coming down from Bridgewater and... 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 We have PJ Stansberry, who used to be a regular at the Comedy Store in Los Angeles, and he's relocated back Shut to up. the area. Seven thirty. Shut up. Bet it's a BYOB. So yes. come on out, get something to eat early. Come Pretty on. Out. Seven thirty. Seven thirty. So it's show not. Time. So it's not late. No. You can have a bit of a little late exactly. dinner there at Villa Maria. Or yes. have dinner Quaker, first. Yes. Or that. Yeah. Quaker Bridge Road just in, in from the mall a piece, it's right? It's really not yep. far from here. Yeah, no, really not far not. from here. Right, right around the corner. I had the stuffed shells. They were fantastic. I loved them. My friend had, she had the seafood, like with pasta. It looked great. She loved it. Right the on. food's very, very good. The bread's good. The service is good. You get, what, what more can you ask for? Seems the people are nice. Comedy. Oh, yeah, they're great. Comedy. They're awesome. Sam good is a food, great owner. Great company. So come on out tomorrow night, folks. Please. Yeah. We're going to have it. We're going to make it happen over there. So come on out. It's going to be a great show. You're going to love it. That and thank fun. you for having me on and let me promote oh, it. Oh, my God. Please, hey, please. Talking about Peter. it. Whenever, listen, whenever the next one, ones are are going to happen. I'll just show up, my do- I'll show up at your door like an orphan. Please, sir, may I have another hour? You won't bowl. Yeah. <laughs> no, do it, without a doubt. Yeah, I think Sounds I'm, I'm going ch- to give it a shot. I'm going to give it a shot. And, uh, Very proud of you. you. Know, we should film pray. it, and then we can replay it on the next show. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd have to film it because I'm going to have to remember, you know. Just just take your time and have fun with it. And, and you can say... <laughs> If you say two or three minutes and that's it, you know yeah. you can you can bail anytime you want. That's well, fine. I've been practicing, so well, I right? can't wait to yeah. hear this. Nice. Okay, let's uh, do it. All right, uh, guys, I have to be somewhere at seven. So if you thank would you give for me, coming, well, it's no, pretty near seven yeah, o'clock I anyway. Know. I'm going to be late. Absolutely. But thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Of course. Great George job. Zimmerman, there he is. Thank you, folks. The engineer in the old Robbinsville train wreck. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Come and on now, back and see and us. Tim, no and now I'm cleaning Tim. up the mess like trash and redding at the train. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. I'm going to walk out this way. Yeah. Do it. If you can walk that way, you would. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Kurt. Come back. I'm going to do it. That's great. I have it, I have material. Oh wow! I'm scared. Well, this is what I was scared about. Like, what, what if I forget? You won't. I haven't really memorized it. I'm kind of like I have, you know, my bullet points. I want to talk about this, this, that, this, that, and I have a ton of material. So I have not, you know. So I want to know. I got to see how it flows. That's the flow. Right. That's the main thing. Like I can have jokes, but if they're choppy and they don't go together, it's not going to work. Well. So I have to improvise a lot because. That's all right. Yeah. But I think I'm going to do it. Even if you I'm jot it on your it. hand, just a so couple scared. of books, oh, you'll be well, fine. Lynn, Lynn's been encouraging me to do it. Of and, course. Um, 
I really just feel like it's something on my bucket list that I really want to do. And then Kurt uh, texted me on Facebook and said, I'm having this show. I mean, that's how I found out about the show. Before he right. even said anything, he said, you know, I'm doing this show at Villa Maria. And I'm thinking to myself, Self? Do it. Yeah. I'm scared, <laughs> scared to death, but I'm going to oh, do it. That would be great. And, and sadly, I... Uh, Will not be attending. I can't make it tomorrow but I'll night. Video I've, for you. Uh, will you really? Yeah. Please. I'm gonna vid- Yeah, I'm gonna. I feel I, as my mother would say, I am crestfallen because I would love to just even quietly, like shh, you know, I'm in gonna, the back. Five know, minutes. We've got five oh, minutes. We, have, we got a five minute mamoots. warning. Mamoots. Thank you, Gene. Look, it says mamoots. <laughs> oh, my moots. Yeah. <laughs> Did we work with him? Mamoots. <laughs> five mamoots. Five mamoots. Five mamoots. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I I can't I can't be there unfortunately. But if you got video, it's going to be great. Yeah, you know what? And what I'll do is I have an actual like video camera as opposed to like a phone. Right. And what I can do is get you know Lynn or someone there uh, to video the whole show. Right. So on. you can see everything, as opposed to just me. Like you can see the whole show, like you're there. Once again, as OJ himself would say, I would love to. I would love to. I would love to. What? Look out! How how uh, how was Tracy? She's good. She's good. Look out. <coughs> Oh, <laughs> oh, I'm excited. So we're gonna. Well, do this it. is good. Uh, I'm, I'm glad. Excited. I'm glad to know that that Kurt's got his uh, his comedic chops um, bent, bent back going again. Um, Me I, too. I've got to get to a show. All those times, you know, over at Take Five and at City Streets, they were they were on Fridays to where I was mobilizing, getting on the road, going out to Pennsylvania or involved with whatever that I couldn't make it. It just every cotton picking time. Cotton picking. Cotton hey! picking. I'm just saying. It just it fell on a it fell on a night that I just couldn't do it. I've got to get to a show. Well, yeah, that's what I'm gonna video it for you, and then uh, you know maybe I'll YouTube it. Yeah. And then you can just go on YouTube. I'll send you a link. And Wonder then you can watch bar. it. Oh, five mimoots. Oh, five, five mimoots. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, he's still changing. Five. Oh, three. three. Oh, hey, what Oh, he's changing the end. Look. <laughs> this, is like, this is like football. There we go. Thank you. Thank you, Gene. <laughs> three minutes. Thanks, Gene. You're awesome. <laughs> yeah, ladies wow. and gentlemen, Eugenius. He's out there doing his thing. I kind of like that, though. Yeah. Three minutes. <laughs> three That's kind of like in football. You get the two-minute warning, you know. Yeah. 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 Well, before you die, I heard you get a two-minute warning. Two minutes, get your shit. Oh, it works out perfect. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. So, what do you got going besides tomorrow night? What have you got going this week? That's the big thing. Well, I'm off dancer for a couple of weeks. I'm taking a break because it is uh, the schools are all on vacation. Right. So it's vacation. It is Easter, it's so we true. want to say Happy Easter. Very much. Happy, happy Passover. Passover. Um, get some chocolate eggs. I need, I need to get some chocolate eggs. Okay. And um, that's about it. All right. I am, uh, tomorrow I'll be preparing and getting myself together for we're out in Reading this Saturday against those Reading Raptors. Oh, you Yeah, the Mammoth Rage. Oh, we took our first loss oh. on the channel. Well, we, we, we were down like, you know, at 9, 10 guys didn't make the trip out to uh, the Benton Maniacs. And some old friends, though, were, uh, were coaching on the Maniacs. Coach Ziggy Wisniewski and Travis Groves, who were part of uh, the old Susquehanna Valley Stallions about 10 or so years ago. So it was great to see them. I'm glad that they got their win. They're now 3-2. and two. Your rage nice. is 4-1. So we go out to Reading to play the uh, Berks County Raptors on Saturday afternoon. And also I wanted to say uh, Georgia Engel, oh, who played yeah. Georgette on yep. Mary Tyler Moore Show. Um, 
passed away. She was only 70. She was only 70, which that shocked me because yeah. Betty White posted a picture of her and uh, the two of them together. And I was like, Betty White's like 100. Yeah. And she's, she's in, only into 70. Her yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. But anyway, so I just wanted to say that because she was a great character. Well, so. and she was, uh, I liked her also in... Um, Oh, what was it? She, she um, was. Um, uh, she had a lot of appearances. She did uh, the Love Boat, Fantasy Island, Coach, Two and a Half Men, Hot in Cleveland. Uh, she did Mary Tyler Moore Show, Betty yep. White Show. Yep. Uh, she was on Broadway. You know, they say the neon lights are bright there, by the way. Yeah, as I see. Oh, look, look at you. you got to get rid of that chair. I hate this freaking chair. All right, we got to go. <laughs> hey, we got to get out of here. Let's do it. Real right. town. Thanks for stopping by. Zero minutes, by. bro. Sorry, bye. Where's our music? Thanks for stopping by. We'll catch you next time. Where's our music? I'm John. She's Tracy. See you in real town. Bye. There's our music. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Everything's Oi. great.